Hey there. Hello, George. How are you tonight? I'm just fine, chilling out in some air conditioning tonight. Uh, boy, it's a hot one here in Michigan today. It, it sure is. Um, so we went to, uh, we're working on our favorite Seinfeld episodes, and uh, went six through ten on yep. both of us. You stole a couple of mine, but I still got some nuggets that I can talk about. Um, well, you, you know what I don't have, George? Do you have, do you happen to have a copy of our list of what our six through tens were? Uh, I've got mine. Well, big deal. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't know where mine is, so I guess we'll just have to make people guess on what they were or listen back at, at the previous recording. Okay. All right. Well, I do know that you stole a few of mine, so I'm going to go first um, with my number five. Very good. And this one is called the Fusili Jerry. Uh, <laughs> and Love that one. Fusilli is a type of pasta, and uh, Kramer has taken up this hobby of making statues or little, little uh, sculptures out of different types of pasta. And so he makes Jerry, one of Jerry, out of Fusilli because Jerry is silly. So Fusilli and Jerry silly. So, um, and also in this same episode thing that happens is that Kramer renews his license plates and he gets a vanity plate by mistake and it says ass man. man. Oh, that's the ass man? Oh, it's yeah. The ass man. Man. Okay. And Kramer is loving that. Um, and so as he's driving around, you know, with plates everyone, hey, it's the ass man. Goes, you bet it is. Stuff like that. So he's, you know, Kramer would dig that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then um, there's a, um, the other part of that is, um, is Estelle, uh, uh, George's mother, gets a facelift, but she can't drive herself home. And for some reason, Kramer ends up driving her. And he uses uh-huh. what <laughs> Frank thinks is his move. He, he doesn't stop short. He, doesn't he reaches stop. over and, and grabs in front of Estelle. And grabs her breast, you know, trying to make sure she doesn't fall forward. And Frank's pretty sure that he's trying to move it on his girl, and that he stole his move. I've, and Estelle, she got she got quite a fetching look on her face, as I recall too. Yeah, she, yeah. May, she may not hate it as much as she as yeah. Frank would have thought. Yeah. So Frank's not going to put up with that, and he runs over to to Jerry's apartment to confront Kramer. And what is funny is earlier in the episode when um, um, Jerry, they're talking about uh, going, to, going to dinner parties and things like that. And Jerry makes a comment about, because if you've ever had a dinner party and there's a proctologist there, he says, make sure you stand near them the whole night because they have great stories. And they all end up with, there was a million to one shot, Doc. It was a million to one shot. So sure enough, Frank goes over to, uh, to to confront Kramer, and they're kind of pushing each other around, and Frank falls to the floor, and he lands squarely on the Fusilli Jerry. <laughs> and so they have to take him to the proctologist, and that is when uh, Kramer is looking around in the office, and he sees the, the, the doctor has a picture of a boat called the Ass Man. So he assumes that this must be his plate. So sure enough, he says, hey, you're the ass man. I think I've got your license plate. And so he's so happy to get those back. And then um, during, then the doctor goes back off the, back into his office, and you hear Frank in the background saying, there was a million, one in a million shot, Doc. One in a million. <laughs> so just like Jerry had predicted. So that yeah, was the Fusili Jerry. With, with the uh, stop. That was my number five. Oh, okay, excellent. Excellent one. Um, okay, my number five. Uh, we go, we're going to season four now. Uh, it was really kind of when I think Seinfeld was just really in a, in a good stride. A lot of great shows. And, and this one uh, has Jerry uh, and the whole gang going upstate to visit the Bubble Boy. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. The ball, the ball boy is clad. Now with it, it's kind of a play on that old uh, John Travolta TV special where he was this boy that that had to live in a plastic bubble because he had no immune system, and it was this real heartfelt tearjerker. And the boy was real sensitive, and he was just this wonderful person. So what happens is Jerry run he runs into uh, Brian Doyle Murray, who who drives the Yoo-Hoo truck, and uh, and Brian Doyle Murray says, you know, hey Jerry, yeah, I saw you on the Tonight Show. You're really funny. You know, you know my my son, he loves you, and he, you know it, it'd be great, you know, if you can come you come visit him, right? You know, because they're all going upstate, and so. Jerry, he's kind of really hesitant to do it, but he, he finally kind of agrees that he's going to go up, and he's telling George about it, and he said, uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to go see this this bubble boy. A bubble boy? What's a bubble boy? He's a boy that lives in a bubble. Boy. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and so, they, so they're going to go and do this thing because it's going to be a real kind of a humanitarian thing. They're going to go see this wonderful – probably very sensitive bubble boy uh and it turns out uh they're going up in a couple different cars and one of my favorite parts of the show is that you know this is the days before gps is that george has has the directions george and susan have the directions to this uh to the cabin or, or to the house where the bubble boy lives and uh jerry and uh jerry i think isn't jerry and elaine i think are following up up there and Cassandra's going like a you know, million miles an hour. And, you know, and he keeps looking in the rear view and he's lost Jerry. And Jerry's saying, where is he going? That guy's driving like a maniac. And he says, well, don't you have the directions? He's my directions. <laughs> so they get, they get lost on the way up there. And George gets up there before Jerry does. Jerry and Elaine get, get lost and they end up in a diner somewhere. But George gets up and, and is the first one to meet the bubble boy. And then it turns out that the bubble boy is just a the biggest asshole uh that that could be he's just he's real just real snarky and mean yep. and uh, you know he's, he's he's really mean to his parents and you know he's, he's always yelling at his mom to speaking of his parents who's his father brian Doyle murray correct that's right uh and it, it, yeah and so but it turns out that he loves playing uh uh trivial pursuits like his favorite yep. game so George thinks he knows he's going to beat him in Trivial Pursuit, so they play this this Trivial Pursuit game, and they get down to the last question. The Bubble Boy's got one question to answer. And so George asks me, all right, all right, Bubble Boy, who invaded Spain in the 8th century? And the Bubble Boy says, that's a joke. It's the Moors. Which Cassandra says, oh, no, 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 I'm so sorry. It's the Moops. Correct your answer is the Moops. Moops? Let me say that. That's not moops, you jerk. It's Moors. It's a misprint. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The card says moops. Yeah. And so, and and again, that's one of the, another one of those Seinfeld legacies that just kind of lasts forever. That and anytime you you hear, you know, if you're looking, reading, doing some history, reading about the Moors, the Moors are always will forever be the moops. Absolutely. Oh no, and I like the way, like you said, George says, "Oh no, I'm sorry." Oh no, no! Because yeah, he said he was so smug that he that yeah that he, and, he and somehow the bubble starts to deflate too. I don't know. So I think George and Bubble Boy went at it, and all of a sudden the the bubble got popped and it started to deflate. Yeah, the wrestling. I think wrestling over the card. I think the Bubble Boy wanted to see the card, and they started wrestling over it. And yeah, and then next thing you hear is this this pop and this release of air. So they had to, yeah, yeah. They had to get rushed off to the hospital. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, my uh, my number four is called the marine biologist. Uh, um, Kramer one time comes running into into the apartment, Jerry's apartment, and Jerry and George are there. And Kramer says, "Who wants to have some fun?" And they go, "Oh, we do." I mean, who really wants to have some fun? And Jerry says, "Well, you know, it's okay. Well, no. maybe." Not, maybe not that bad. He goes, I've got 600 golf balls in my trunk, and we're going to go out to the beach, and we're going to hit them into the, into the ocean. Yeah. Well, okay, we'll pass on that. That's no good. So um, 
that's like the lead of the whole of the whole show. And then we see later that uh, Jerry's at an ATM and he's racing against this woman to see who can get the, <laughs> yeah. get get done the fastest. And then it turns out to be a college friend of theirs. And this woman asks about George. Says, "You know, he was always such a sad sack. You know, and did he ever amount to anything?" So Jerry kind of felt bad for him. He says, "Well, why? Yes, he's a he's a marine biologist, <laughs> and he specializes in whales." And she goes, "Wow, she goes, that, that's pretty impressive." And so she says, "Well, is he single?" And she goes, "Well, yeah, he is." She says, "Will you give him my number?" And so. She gives uh, the number to Jerry, and later in the show, Jerry, uh, George calls her, and they are together. But we'll get to that part in uh, in a minute. There is um, there's another piece of the story where um, J- J- Elaine is trying to court this Russian author, this famous Russian author, yeah, and um, yeah, right. And, and what's funny is that, as a joke, Jerry tells us, telling Elaine that, uh, you know, you wonder how it would turn out. The original, the original title of uh, War and Peace was supposed to be War. What is it good for? And and Elaine initially doesn't believe that, but Jerry talks her into it and says, "Oh no, it's true, it's true." And so. Elaine relays that story in the limo when they're talking to the author, and he just she, she just about blows the whole deal. He gets all upset, and I can't believe you talk like that. And so Elaine blew that one completely. So now we continue on, and now George is on a date with this girl that Jerry had met, and they're walking on the beach when there's this like a crowd <laughs> up there. And they're not really sure what's going on. And um, they say, oh, there's a whale in trouble. Is anybody a marine biologist? Yeah. And so what could George do? But his, uh, his girl, you know, he got to impress his girlfriend. So I've got the audio of when he retells the story in the diner to everybody. Okay.
So there you go. That, and I mean, that, that may be my fourth favorite episode, but I saw an interview. Jerry said that that was his all-time favorite episode. That, well, that, that was probably one of Costanza's greatest moments, that, that soliloquy at the end. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, that, and that episode really, really, right from the start to the finish is, is a really well, the whole thing is just like a well-told joke, you know, right from the, from the start of Kramer wanting to hit, hit balls into the ocean all the way to the, to the, the conclusion. It was really. It is. That, when they're sitting at the table there at the end like that, you know, you do yourself, if you haven't ever seen it, uh, go to YouTube yourself. But like the look on Kramer's face when he pulls out that golf ball, you've yeah. never seen a guy so sheepish in your life. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you right now, that was my number three. So. Okay. So you, you so I gotcha. You got me, and and uh, yeah. So I I was kind of basically just kind of gonna go over uh, basically what you did. So that that was that was a good one. I'm not surprised so, that one was was high on your list as well. So look at that. So I was four, you were three. Jerry yeah. was one. It's like we we are in synchronicity here. I think so. Okay, so we know you're three, but what was your four? My four. Uh, was from from season eight, and it was the yada yada. Okay. So, so this is uh, this is a episode where, uh, well, a couple a couple things happen happen in this one, but the yada yada refers to the idea of telling a story and wanting to kind of to to cut through a lot of the 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 detail and just get to the final conclusion of the story so whenever you're going you just kind of go and then and then yada 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 uh this this thing happened so what happened is george is dating this girl that yada yada is a lot of her conversation uh and george find, finds this to be pretty uh pretty convenient as well because this is this was the season right after susan died from licking the envelopes yeah. and girlfriend starts asking him you know well what happened to susan and he says well, you know, yeah, we were we were gonna get married, then uh, we got the invitations, and yada yada yada, we're not together anymore. So he kind of like yada yada his way through Susan's death. Yes. And so then the girlfriend kind of says to him one day, says, "Oh, yeah, I'm so tired. Uh, I saw my old boyfriend last night, and anyways, yada yada yada, I'm tired today." Right. Right. So. So. Uh, so. George is now all all upset because he thinks that his girlfriend is 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 seeing her her ex boyfriend again, and uh, one of the one of the great lines is that is he is uh, I think uh, Jerry says, well you wouldn't you wouldn't yada yada sex, and Elaine says, oh yeah I've I've yada yada sex before, <laughs> and she says he says really when did you do that? And he says well I was dating this this lawyer guy one time. We went out to dinner. I had some lobster bisque. We went back to my place. Yada yada yada. I never saw him again. Jerry said, "You yada yada the best part." She said, "No, I mentioned the bisque." Yep. So, well, that's a beauty so, line, man. Oh, there's yep. so many good lines in this show. <laughs> and, that, and then there's one other great part of that episode, unrelated to that, is it's uh, it's one of the Brian Cranston uh, episodes where he he appears as Tim Watley. And Jerry goes to see him, uh, goes to goes to the dentist, and Tim Watley starts telling Jewish jokes, and Jerry's a little uncomfortable about it. But then Tim Watley says, "Oh no, that's okay. You know, I converted to Judaism, so you know, it's it's like you know, we're part of. They're my people now, so I I can tell the jokes." And Jerry gets really upset by it because he thinks that Tim Watley converted to Judaism just for the jokes. Right, and then then Wally starts telling Catholic jokes, and Jerry says, well, "You know what's the deal?" And he says, "Oh well, I I was raised Catholic, so I can tell Catholic jokes too." So Jerry says, "This is what this guy's after. He's after complete joke immunity. If he turns, <laughs> if, uh, if he gets Polish citizenship, there's there's no stopping him." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, a couple a couple of good uh, story threads in the yada yada. So that that was my number four. Three, as we know, the marine biologist, which we've, we've covered. So uh, I think we're on to your number three. Okay. okay. Well, my number three, two, and one were all mentioned yesterday. So 
but you left me a couple of loopholes that I can still talk about. Okay. So number three is the bond deposit. And just to very quickly, it was the whole scheme for Kramer and Newman. They're going to take the, well, the, first, the, the beginning of it is kind of funny. Newman misunderstands the whole thing. He's drinking mellow yellow all through all this. He loves his mellow yellow. Yeah. And he throws one in the garbage can. And uh, Kramer says, what are you doing that for? He goes, he goes I'm not going to pay that five cents to bring him back to recycle it. And he goes, no, you don't pay the five cents. You get the five cents. <laughs> so, so that's what piques his interest. And then he asked about the 10 cents and all that. And we already covered all that. And then um, so they finally find a good time to do that. They are um, – another part of it is that we already talked about is – when um, Peterman wants Elaine to bid on JFK's golf clubs, she gives her uh, he gives her a limit of ten thousand dollars, and Sue Ellen Mischke, the O. Henry Candy heiress, and and uh, Elaine's arch nemesis is there, and so they're just bidding against each other, and she can't stand to let her win, so she ends up bidding, she ends up bidding twenty thousand dollars for the clubs. Yeah, and now. Um, She's going to leave the clubs in Jerry's car because she can't get them right then and there. And then Jerry takes his car into the a mechanic. And if you recall back to our very first episode, the mechanic was um, Tony, and he was played by Brad Garrett. But I picked yep. him to be my closer because he was a big, tall, intimidating guy. And he, right. he, he cared a lot about about the game, about the cars and things like that. So, anyways, to make the long story short, you had talked about how uh, Newman ends up going to this, the house of Ron Howard's father, and he gets in trouble because he's fooling around with the farmer's daughter. Yeah. But how does Newman get to the get to the um, uh, the the farmhouse? Is because Jerry and Kramer are communicating. And they have to make a decision: Are they gonna, are they gonna go do the bottles because they don't have enough gas to make this? Because he's getting off in Ohio, they don't have enough gas to do both. And Jerry's imploring him to follow the car, so Kramer does. And now they're gonna have the fuel problems, so Kramer goes back and he's throwing all the cans out the back of the, the back of the mail truck. And Newman says, "You're we're losing all our inventory. We're losing the whole point of this." And then he's stops and says, he stops and pulls over and he says, Newman, he goes, I think there was a sign back there that said free pies, half mile back. <laughs> so, so Newman's excited about that. He takes a look and Kramer kicks him out and closes the door and takes off and Kramer tells Jerry, he goes, he goes we got rid of the fat man and we're running lean. <laughs> so, so they had yep. to oscillate the carry and then meanwhile the uh, uh, Tony, the mechanic, is throwing the golf clubs at the mail truck to try and slow down Kramer, and he gets away, and, and Elaine asks Kramer to at least grab the clubs. And so he's, like, pulling them out of the grill of the mail truck, and they're all bent up, and uh, the $20,000 purchase <laughs> is a total waste. So and that's a great one. I love that one. Now, I, I think a little bit of trivia here, I believe, and, and Seinfeld was a show that relied on, on telephone humor a lot. They were always on, on telephones. And I think that might have been the first uh, episode that featured cell phones. Ah. With, uh, oh, cell phones Very are now, well could be. ubiquitous now, but I think back then, it was cell phones were still somewhat of an oddity in the mid-90s. And I think that was the very first time that, that you saw uh, cell phones on Seinfeld. Hey, I have to back up for a second. I forgot when I was talking about Fusili Jerry. I think it was it was season six. Anyways, um, that was Putty's first appearance on Seinfeld oh. was in that season six episode. Oh, great character. Speaking of mechanics. So, okay, so that was my number three. So we're on to your number two. My number two is one that you had. I think it was your seven or eight somewhere, but it's the library. Absolutely oh, loved yeah. this episode. I think uh, Lieutenant Bookman is probably my all-time favorite single episode character. 
uh, played perfectly by Philip Baker Hall doing a uh, just an uh, absolute perfect deadpan uh, Joe Friday as he as he as he starts running down this book that's been missing since 1971. And uh, I, I think you, you'd, you'd mentioned that, that you might have a, have a clip for this one. So I don't know if, if, if you do. I do. Are you ready for it? Oh, yeah. Go ahead and, line, and, and roll that up. Okay. So this is Bookman in Jerry's apartment. This is the first time they've actually met. And so here we go. Well, I'm glad you're here so we can get this all straightened out. Would you like a cup of tea? You got any coffee? Coffee? Yeah, coffee. No, I don't drink coffee. Yeah, you don't drink coffee? How about instant coffee? No, I don't have You don't have any instant coffee? Well, I don't normally have any instant coffee. I don't. You buy a jar of Folgers crystals, you put it in the cupboard, you forget about it. You made it wrong when you need it, it's there. It lasts forever. It's freeze-dried. Freeze-dried crystals. <laughs> really? I have to remember that. You took this book out in 1971. Yes, and I returned it in 1971. Yeah, 71. That was my first year on the job. Bad year for libraries. Bad year for America. Hippies burning library cards. Abby Huffman telling everybody to steal books. I don't judge a man by the length of his hair or the kind of music he listens to. Rock was never my bag. But you tell him when you walk into the New York Public Library, fellow. Look, Mr. Bushman. I, I returned that book. I remember it very specifically. You're a comedian. You make people laugh. I tried. You know, it's all a big joke, don't you? I saw you on TV once. I remembered your name from my list. I looked it up. Sure enough, it checked out. You think because you're a celebrity that somehow the law doesn't apply to you, that you're above the law? Certainly not. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> you know that little stamp? The one that says New York Public Library? Well, that may not mean anything to you, but that means a lot to me. <laughs> sure, go ahead and laugh if you want to. I've seen your type before. Flashy, making the scene. Throwing dimension. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. What's this guy making such a big stink about with library books? Well, let me give you a hint. Maybe we can live without libraries, people like you and me. Maybe. Sure, we're too old to change the world. But what about that kid sitting down, opening a book right now in a branch of the local library and finding drawings of peepees and wee-wee? <laughs> Stayed in character the whole time, and Jerry. If, if you watch Jerry in that scene, he can he can barely just keep from busting out laughing. And I think that well, Bookman even has that line where you think this is funny. You're, yeah, you're a comedian because Jerry's got a big old smile on his face. Oh yeah, yeah, and the, and he kind of works it in. Sure, go ahead and laugh. Yeah, right. So, so I I mean he and just the fact that he stayed in character, yeah, so well, and just kind of played on, and he could see Jerry cracking and he just kind of played right off of it and it was it was it was one of the one of the greatest moments in, in all of Seinfeld I think just well that good. monologue along with the marine biologist when George's those are two of the best two of the tip-top best ones in the whole show oh for sure yeah okay, well, okay. my number two um was mentioned by you yesterday and it was the Merv Griffin show okay. when uh when Kramer gets Finds the Merv Griffin set, and he treat, he's teaching he's treating everybody as if they're a guest on the show. Um, there's one part that we didn't talk about. It's like um, Jerry and Elaine were in there, and Jerry is talking to Elaine. Right. And he goes, uh, uh, "We talk this way." You know, he wanted to talk to him because he was the host. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so there was the thing about the toys. Um, Jerry yep. had a girlfriend with all the toys. And so they're feeding her turkey and wine and knock her out. Um, and um, But two parts of that that we didn't talk about, uh, we did talk about the, the gotcha show 
how Kramer, yep. Kramer got Jerry to admit about drugging his girlfriend and then she came out for backstage. Yeah. But George's part of that episode was when he was driving with his girlfriend and he ran over some pigeons and his girlfriend was all upset about it. And he goes, he goes, we have a deal with the pigeons. He goes, they're supposed to get out of the way. And we overlooked that whole statue thing. Yeah. And, and, he, and he, another time, so his girlfriend was so upset with him. They're driving again and he swerves to avoid hitting pigeons and he runs over a squirrel. And he goes, wait, we don't have any deals with squirrels. And, uh, but her, now again, she's so upset that they get the squirrel and take it to a vet. And um, he's asking the doctor, you know, well, you know, how much is this going to cost? And, and um, he said, well, we have to get special small squirrel yeah. uh, surgical <laughs> yep. implements. He goes, it's going to be quite costly. He goes, well, how much to, you know, to, to not just kill him? Or, and the doctor goes, oh, about a, about a dollar sixty-nine. And uh, but his girlfriend was not having that, so they had to take care of the squirrel, and George got stuck with that deal. And um, then the other part of that was Elaine had the sidler at work, the guy that would sneak up beside her and take credit for maybe things that he was doing. And so he finally, she finally gave her, gave him some tic tacs, and so they could, so she could hear him walk around the office, and. Peterman says, "I what is that noise coming from? It's driving me crazy. We have to get rid of that." Uh, and so she has to take the the tic tacs away from her, from the from the uh, sidler, and um, and so he begins to be able to sneak up on her again. So that was kind of one of the, the Seinfeld words too, is, is the sidler, and I've I've used that before when somebody kind of comes up out of nowhere. It sidles up to you. That guy that guy was creepy too. He had a real weird creepy smile well he had a dead tooth that's why he yeah. had to have the tic tacs oh uh there was one other part of that i kind of forgot about too was and and this is if you if you have the dvds and and a lot of the dvds will have these inside looks where the the cast members will talk about these episodes there was one part of that show where kramer when he was when he was hosting the show uh he he went to a commercial break and he kind of says all right let's take a short break uh-huh he just kind of pauses, and he takes a like big drink out of big drink of pop, and he like starts chewing down some bag of chips, and he does that for like thirty seconds, and everyone's just kind of looking at him, and then he stops. He says, "Okay, we're back." Yeah, well, yep, there were yep, some yep. like there were some like blooper reels where like Julia Louis Dreyfus and, and Jerry were sitting next to each other, and they they couldn't keep a straight face. They were just <laughs> every every time they 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 cut that scene, they they. They just lost it. And they they kind of say that was like Michael Richards' greatest moment. Well, one of the best bloopers I ever saw was we were talking about an episode yesterday about the the homage to Ferris Bueller when they're they're in the police station, and Elaine and Frank are kind of going at it. And there's yeah. plenty of bloopers for that because he, I mean Frank was fine, but Elaine could not get through that at all. <laughs> okay, so that was my number two. We need okay. your number two, I guess, huh? My number two is the library. We got that one. Okay, so number one. Um, so I guess I'll go. You number one was in year six through ten, but you left some gaping holes. So uh, <laughs> this is okay. It's good. I'm not mad at you. Oh, my, good to hear. my favorite, without question, this is by a mile. Is a two-part episode called "The Boyfriend." It's okay. the one with Keith Hernandez and. Yep. We've already covered them about how they're getting uh, Jerry and and Hernandez are almost kind of like in a relationship where he's helping them move. And George says, next thing you know, you'll be driving to the airport. He's yep. I'm not driving to the airport. And then the whole thing about Elaine, you know, telling him he's not going to get to first base. But the two big parts of that were when they talked about Keith Hernandez. It was how much Newman and Kramer hate Keith Hernandez. Oh, yeah. I know. Because they went to a game, and the Yankees – or yeah, the Mets were ahead in the ninth inning, and he made an error, and it led to, like, five runs, and the Mets lost. So after the game, uh, it just happens to be that they walk past uh, Hernandez kind of in a crowd, and Newman goes, 
nice game, pretty boy. And, and the next thing you know, there is the, both uh, Kramer and Newman get hit with spit. And so they're, they're certain that uh, Hernandez has well, had, had spat upon them. So this is where um, Elaine had never heard that story before. So Jerry goes into a great explanation about it. And it's, you know, it's very similar to the, the Kennedy assassination about the magic bullet. So now we're talking about a, a magic loogie and maybe was was somebody, you know, in, um, on the grassy knoll, maybe it was a second spitter. It was a second behind the gravelly road. Oh, behind the gravelly road. Okay. Well, have... as he tells the story, you know, it's the same thing, like how the spit stopped in midair, yeah. the 90 degree turn, and then hit Newman in the wrist and stuff like that. Just silly questions like that. And as we find out, um, Roger McDowell, indeed, another Met player, was uh, behind the gravelly road, and he really was a spitter. It wasn't, yep. it wasn't Keith Hernandez at all. Um, yeah, so Keith Hernandez got, got vindicated. Yes, he did. So the other part of that show is that uh, George is on unemployment, and he's trying to make nice with the uh, unemployment lady. He even dates her daughter, you know, and stuff like that. But he need, she needs him to be out interviewing. And uh, George says, well, I'm actually very close to a, to a job right now. I go, oh, what's that? What's, who's that with? And he goes, uh, Vandalay Industries. He goes, really, what does... What does Vandalay Industries do? He goes, he goes. Oh, they're latex import and export of latex. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, Well, what kind of job are you uh, are you looking for there? He goes, I'm going to be their salesman. So she says, Okay. Well, as soon as I get done with you, I'm going to call over there. And she and George gives the lady Jerry's apartment phone number. So he's running over there, running over there. And he runs in the door. And says, Goes Vandalay Industries. If anybody calls. Uh, for Vandalay Industries, it's for me. It's going to be my unemployment lady. So make sure everybody answers Vandalay Industries. Got that? Vandalay Industries. So George goes in <laughs> to the bathroom, and Jerry is, leaves the apartment, and Kramer comes in. He's sitting on the couch, and the phone rings. And you can tell that the lady, somebody's asking for Vandalay Industries. And Kramer goes, what Delay Industries? <laughs> no, you're way off. I've never heard of that. And George hears that. And he comes running out of the bathroom. He goes, Vandalay Industries, Vandalay Industries. And because his pants can't quite up around his waist yet, he falls. And there he is laying face down on the floor. Jerry walks in, sees that scene. He goes, and you want to be my latex salesman. <laughs> that was, I think that's one of the best lines ever. Oh, it, that was a class. And I, you know what? I'm, I'm very glad that you had, had that on your list because, yeah, those are, those are glaring omissions. Uh, that I didn't talk about, but yeah, the yeah the the allusions to JFK and uh, yeah and Vandalay Industries. There was a lot going on, and then yeah, we heard about Vandalay a few times after that. Um, you know, there's there's one there's one other part of that one that I, a, real, a, a line that I re- always really liked, and it was early in the episode when they're at the at the gym and they were uh, you know playing basketball. Uh, but you know they were in the locker rooms, kind of winding down, and, and that's when they first see Keith Hernandez, and they look, hey, you, you see who that you know that is? That's Keith Hernandez. And then Keith kind of notices them, but he, you know, I, I can't remember how it was, but he refers to George. He like says, who's who's this chucker? And so they kept well, through a lot of times through the episode, they keep referring to George as a chucker. Yeah. And and and, and it's just. And it's just kind of a, a strange word, and it's like, you know, they don't really define what a chucker is, but I think we all know what a what a chucker is because I think well, we all played... think they were playing basketball, so that's what made him a chucker. Yeah, we all and we all know what we've all played basketball with a chucker, right? It's just some guy that gets the ball, and every time he gets it, he, he just chucks it up there. Right, and George looks to Kramer for some support. He says, "Says I'm not a chucker, am I?" And he goes, "Oh, you're a chucker." Yeah, you know, just, just the way Kramer could do it. Oh yeah. Okay, so, so that's my number one by miles and miles, miles, George. What's your number one favorite episode? Well, my number one is this goes back to season two, and this is probably when I very first started watching Seinfeld. And I think the reason is be, be number one 
is because when I watched this show, I, I think it's the first time I realized that, that this was something unlike anything on TV. From season two, it's the Chinese restaurant. And the Chinese oh, yeah. restaurant oh, yeah. is a very minimalist type episode. It was an episode that they pitched to NBC saying that we want to do an episode where it's, and it wasn't, Kramer wasn't even in it. It was, it was just George, Elaine, and Jerry. And the pitch was, we're just going to go to a, this restaurant and we're going to just wait. And we're going to do a whole episode about just waiting to get a table at a Chinese restaurant. The, the, the networks thought they were crazy. And I think it was, I think Larry David actually threatened to quit if they, if they wouldn't let him do that episode. So Larry David actually just staked his whole career on this episode. And very early on, too, right? So is that just season two, you say? This was season, like halfway through season two. Wow. Uh, you know, they weren't, it, they weren't a ratings smash yet. They were still trying to kind of find their legs. So it was really a gamble they took. But basically, the whole episode, it is just that. They're, they're going out to dinner. Uh, they're, they they want to get a table fairly quickly because afterwards they're going to go see a movie. And the movie is Plan 9 from Outer Space. It's playing at this at this one theater for that night only. And and Jerry Jerry really wants to see it because it has a reputation of being the worst movie ever. And and so he and he want he wants to go with with his friends so they can call and just kind of sit there and, and make fun of the movie. But they you know and they they put their names in for a table and they can't ever get a table. They they see all these other people getting tables. Uh, and, and at one point, at one point, Elaine starts talking about, and I'm just, I kind of wrote and jotted some of this down, but she says, you know, it's, it's not fair. People are seated first come first served. It should be based on who's hungriest. I feel like, <laughs> and, then, and then she's, she's looking at these people eating, eating dinner. And he says, I feel like just like going over there and taking some food off of somebody's plate. And Jerry says, tell you what. There's 50 bucks in it for you if you do it. Yeah. Says, what? what do you mean? Says you walk over to that table, you pick up an egg roll, you don't say anything, you eat it, say thank you very much, wipe your mouth and walk away. I give you 50 bucks. <laughs> and, and, and George says, yeah, what are they going to do? Jerry says, they won't do anything. In fact, you'll be giving them a story to tell for the rest of their lives. Uh-huh. So Elaine says, uh, should I do it, George? George says, for 50 bucks, I'd put my face in their soup and blow. <laughs> so, I think it was, it was after, after that, I just, uh, I, I knew that that show was going to be, be something special. Uh, and one of the things that, that really dates the show now is, is one of the main, uh, George's main storyline in that is he was trying to, he wanted to place a call to his girlfriend, Tatiana, and there was a payphone that he couldn't get to because there were, there were just these people that kind of kept uh, kind of getting, getting to the payphone before he, he could get to it. So, you know, these, these days that would never happen, right? Cause everyone's walking around with their own cell phone. But back then the, the payphone became kind of a central part of the episode. Right. So, uh, but I, I just love that, that very minimalist approach. It's, it's not unlike uh, there's a play called waiting for Godot, uh, which was written like back in the 1950s, they think. And that, that play was just about two people waiting for a guy named Godot who never showed up. And it's just the whole play was them sitting around and, and just having these existential discussions about, you know, about life and everything, which is kind of what this show was. It was kind of the, yeah. the first show about nothing. Now, but wasn't the maitre d' at the restaurant there, wasn't he? Calling out a name to try and to try and uh, get their attention at one point. Uh, well, okay, so there was one. George's girlfriend called the restaurant, and James Hong is the, was the maitre d, by the way, and he's also one of my favorite one character uh, or one episode characters. But hit, so Tatiana called the restaurant, and and the maitre d calls out Cartwright, Cartwright. Mm-hmm. You know, name is Costanza so he's not he's not paying attention to him and so then the, the maitre d hangs up George goes over asks if there's any calls she says oh yeah there's a call for Cartwright and he says but I but I'm not Car- <coughs> excuse me 
Um, he, he said, yeah, it was a call for Cartwright. And, and Jerry says, but you're not, you're not Cartwright. Of course I'm not Cartwright. But the whole, <laughs> the whole joke was that the guy, the guy just kind of blew George's name. And then, uh, and, and he, he missed the call with the girlfriend who he'd been trying to to call, uh, all episode. Yep. Okay. So you so. mentioned that Kramer was not in the Chinese restaurant, which is, which is very rare for all four of them not to be in there. Kramer right. almost was, was also not in one other episode, and that was The Pen, when yep. Elaine and Jerry went down to Florida to visit his parents. And uh, George was also not in that episode. And Jason Alexander was so mad that he said if he was ever left out of another episode, he would quit. Yep, yep. And the, and the only... The only episode that Elaine was never in was she was not in the pilot. And um, NBC said it was the show was too male-centric. So when they sent it back for, uh, for more issues, for more uh, order, some more shows, they said um, we need to put a female in there. So that's how Elaine was born. And I think Jerry and Larry were a little bit nervous about that because they didn't know how to write for a woman. But, but you know, Julia Louis Dreyfus, I think, is one of the funniest comedic actresses of all time, and I, she was, she was a perfect cast for that. Oh, and she's done a lot of shows, and she's done well. But this is funny, George. Now, if you were just a guy who didn't watch and love Seinfeld as much as we did, there's three shows that I think everybody on the planet is aware of from Seinfeld. And they didn't make either of our top tens. Yeah. Can you can you guess what those three shows were? Well, one of them's got to be the Soup Nazi. Absolutely, the Soup Nazi, and um, that show was good, but I didn't think it was top ten worthy. Okay, there's two others. The the contest, or did you do the contest? No, we didn't do the contest. The contest, probably the most popular episode amongst most Seinfeld fans. Probably one of the most popular uh, 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 sitcom episodes of all time. Yep. And we had no room for it. And yeah. I didn't forget about it. I mean, I, I left it out. I mean, I thought there was funnier episodes than that. Um, I would think there's, there's a couple because I've got like a, a lengthy honorable mention list. Uh, okay, but there's one more. Okay. I want you to, I want you to try and I'm, guess. One more I that everybody it, would know about. Even by I think it's, you didn't watch a lot of Seinfeld. It's it's going to be one of two. I I can't. I, it's either <clears throat> I'm going to say the parking garage. It's not the parking garage. Okay. What what's the, your second guess? Uh, the Hamptons. No, that, that's because, a good. Well, that's a good one too. That's the one with the shrinkage, yeah, that, right? That shrinkage, yeah. But I think okay. it's I think it's the puffy shirt. Oh yeah. You know yeah, everybody I'm knows gonna, about that. Yeah. Buy the puppy shirt. I think shirt. one of the years, whatever season the puppy shirt was in, if you bought the box set, you got a little miniature puppy shirt with it. Yeah. And the puppy shirt is in the Smithsonian. Um, okay, so run through some of your quickly through some of your um, honorable mentions, and I'll let you know if I gave them any consideration. Yeah. Well, well, one was the parking garage where they they spend the whole. Ep- it's a little like the Chinese restaurant where they spend the whole episode. Walking, looking for their car, walking around a parking garage. And Kramer's carrying like an air conditioner or something. Yeah, right? he's carrying an air conditioner, and Elaine's carrying a goldfish that dies. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, the mango, uh, I think, was was a great one. That's where uh, Elaine talks about how she she faked her orgasms with with Jerry, and Jerry is just extremely upset by that. Okay. Uh, I think. Um, Did did you have did you have the outing? Was that in your top ten? Yep, that was on mine. Okay, yeah, okay, that was that was another one of my honorable mentions. So, uh, uh, oh, and and the Good Samaritan. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Oh, is that what that episode was called? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great line too from the show. Yeah. And, uh, uh, ooh, Kramer had the part with the, in the Woody Allen movie. Yeah, yeah, and then so they all have they all take turns. 
you know, saying how they, how they would deliver the line. Right. And that was, yep. that was also, that episode also had the uh, husband or the wife uh, that sneezed and the husband didn't say, God bless you. So then George said, God bless you instead. And then I think he ended up having an affair with that woman because because she she found him him to be so sensitive. Okay, that must have been the one. I don't know what episode this was, but it's something I do to Sarah all the time. So it must have been. This is probably one of the episodes when George. I'm sorry, when Jerry was doing his stand up like as bookends, you know, before and after the show. Yeah. And he was talking about how when a person sneezes, you know, you say yeah. or God bless you, and he didn't think that was was correct. He says, you know, they feel bad enough about sneezing. He goes, I think that you should say something like, you are so good looking. Yep, that so, was the same episode. Okay, good, because every, every time Sarah sneezes, <laughs> I go, you are so good looking. And she's and she's one of those people that sneezes like two or three times in a row. And so uh, each one, I have a little bit less enthusiasm for how uh, good looking she is. <laughs> yeah, she, she's just uh, fishing for compliments now. That's right, exactly. That's so, what I'm thinking. I'm... All right, George, I think anything we throw out there with Seinfeld, we could talk forever. This has been our longest episode, but it's yep. been uh, it's our best topic without question. Um, we're going to take a little bit longer time off because my son, Andy, who was a guest star uh, on one of our recordings, is getting the... married on Saturday. The logo episode. Yeah, okay, congratulations, Andy. Thank you very much. Yeah, congratulations, Andy. And we offered a steak dinner for anybody who knew that trivia question, who our first guest was. And um, at the baseball game that we all went to, Paul Ferrioso was your big winner. Paul Ferrioso. Oh, okay. So stop those cards and letters coming in because we already got a winner. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, buddy. Have a great night, and I'll talk to you later. All right. Uh, you too, man. All right. Bye. Bye.